Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome or welcome back to the Mellow Compass podcast. Today, we are speaking to Harriet, founder of Secret Sessions and more recently, founder of Girls to the Front, a platform created to help female musicians grow their fan base and network. We talk about her current day-to-day, her experience as a female entrepreneur in the music business, the exploding world of Clubhouse, and what advice she would give women on a mission to set up their own projects. years but I feel like we talk all the time because of being on socials and interacting that way yeah so we like to start with a couple of quick fire questions to warm up the conversation who is your favorite artist at the moment um I am gonna say Rothwell oh yes I love Rothwell she's got an amazing voice brilliant voice and also I listened to your interview with her recently on the secret sessions podcast ah you caught me (laughs) Caught me slightly promoting my own thing. No, she's brilliant and she's hilarious. So always listen to her or go and see her when you can, just for the bants. Yeah, for sure. Um, Proudest moment of your career? I think the proud moments always come uh, at live events when someone's nailing it and you look around and see the crowd crying or cheering. Uh, All the other little, you know, financial or follower or hit related things don't really mean much compared to that I don't think it's the human yeah it's like the emotional the emotional feeling that you get out of like what you've created yeah exactly how would you describe yourself in three words um dry strong and dry strong and a bit mean sometimes self-proclaimed mean <laughs> I just realized that I did two that were like kind of cool and showy-offy so then I thought about my bad points and that's what came out so I thought I'd give it to you <laughs> yeah fair play it's being honest and vulnerable exactly 
Now I have to ask, because I've been following your socials recently, are you wearing your pyjama bottoms? Uh, I'm def- I'm wearing tracksuit bottoms, 100%. Aye. <laughs> Do you know what? I put a pair of jeans on today because I had to go to the doctor. I don't know why I dressed up for the doctor, but it felt very strange. And it felt like, like I know that I haven't put on 10 stone, but it felt like that just from wearing like non-elasticated suddenly aware of like my waistband so i'm probably never gonna wear them again yeah i hear you i don't often wear jeans purely for that reason are you wearing uh your pajama bottoms i'm not i'm wearing these patterned trousers oh you're fan you're fancy <laughs> so let's talk about your journey as a female entrepreneur in the music business um listeners probably know you best for secret sessions mm-hmm. Um, and Secret Sessions is 10 years old today. 10 years old. I can't believe it. Congratulations. That's massive. Makes me feel very old. It's a, it's an accolade for sure, reaching 10. Yeah. I mean, I, I got a bit emotional looking at all those pictures and the accolades that you had come through in the past 10 years. And just to give the listeners a bit of context, what that involves is um, reaching a million views on YouTube with um with Ben Howard, who is such a babe. Um, Mahalia, um, you had her on the show when she was just 13, which is pretty mad. Casey Musgrave was on the show uh, a few months before she um, got a Grammy. And you've just moved your home from the hospital club to Soho Farmhouse. Is that right? Or was that the plan for 2020? And then 2020 threw in a couple of let me tell you what happened. The Soho Farmhouse asked us to come and do a show there. So 2018, 2019 and the beginning of 2020, we were doing shows at a hospital club and Soho Farmhouse. Uh, we actually did a show at Soho Farmhouse between the two lockdowns this year because they opened and had some um, seated shows. Um, but the hospital club, unfortunately, is not opening again now. So they're not going to be our future home. Um, I, I imagine we'll still have shows at Soho Farmhouse, uh, but to be revealed the next uh, location for our shows. Hmm. Is that something that you're working on at the moment or is it taking a bit of a, a side? Uh, I mean, we're, we're having conversations, um, but it's just so hard at the moment to plan anything because nobody knows when they're opening. Nobody knows what capacity will be when they are allowed to open. Um, so you can't really plan. You can just chat and dream. Do you talk a lot about how music has the power to connect people? Is this one of the reasons why you chose to go down the content and live route? Uh, yes, live definitely, because, you know, I started this as a YouTube channel, so I was a filmmaker, and I started making content with music, because not because I was a muso and was obsessed with music, but more because I was obsessed with the way that music made people feel. Uh, so I really enjoyed those moments in film where you can, you know, essentially emotionally manipulate. I told you I was mean. People um, to feel a certain way, uh, and there's only so much you can do with that on the internet. So it had to, it had to come live at one point. So that was 2014 when we, when we took it from the internet to live. Were your aspirations to be a filmmaker rather than working in music initially? Or how did you know that you wanted to to move into music as an industry? I didn't. I never wanted to be in the music industry. Yeah, I wanted to make films. I wanted to make adverts. So I, uh, so at university, I went to St. Martin's Arts, prestigious art school, 
and um, did fine art. So I was essentially in a group with people that were making kind of performative work. So I was in the time-based media group. Uh, and I remember in our critiques, I'd always get told, you know, as maybe like a slight dig that my work looked like a music video. And I'd like always leave the leave the crit really happy. Um, but I think in their minds, it was maybe not artistic enough and a little bit too commercial. But I always wanted to go down that route. And yeah, and then I wanted to make adverts, um, but ended up setting up a YouTube channel just because YouTube was quite new. Uh, and I was really interested in YouTube because of how you could get straight to your audience. You didn't need to show in a gallery. You didn't need to um, show in a cinema. You could literally just film film something one day and then reach a million people on YouTube. So that's what I liked about it originally. Um, and for the live shows and the YouTube channel, actually, how did you go about booking artists? Because you've had some now massive artists who have been on the show. So I am really curious, how did they come to your attention? Like, were you scouting the internet and looking at, you know, who who's hot or just the music that you like or you know looking at music blogs and like the various different mediums that we have so I think quite luckily in the beginning there wasn't a lot of people doing this on YouTube so there was black cab sessions mahogany sessions us and maybe sofa sound so there was only like a few to choose from if you were an online PR which was the people that would book the online content what we were noticing on the internet was that it wasn't always like the music content that was doing well. It was like the bloopers or the silly bits or the funny things. And mm. and I remember one way that we tested this was with Jesse J. So we got Jesse J to film a song. And then Ivan, our presenter, said to her, I've noticed you make some really silly faces when you sing. She's like, do I? And he was like, let's have a silly face competition. So they had a silly face competition. And then we put out <laughs> the song and the silly face competition. The silly face competition got like a million hits and the song got like... 200,000 or something. So that's when we were starting to realise that it's this more sort of playful content that does really well. So I wanted to build a format that didn't have any restrictions around it. So secret sessions could be a live show, it could be a piece of content, it could go to a festival, it could go abroad. I could grow with it depending on what I wanted to do later. So yeah, that's where secret sessions came from. So yeah, so just going back to your question, from the very beginning, it was incoming requests. So it wasn't like we had to really scout, we just had to filter. We'd get like, you know, a few requests a day saying, I've got this artist, do you want to film them? And we'd have a little look and see yes. And at the beginning, it was pretty much yes to everyone, I'd say. And then it became more of a, um, like a choice, I guess. Yeah, the more, the more people that you were speaking to, the more contacts that you had. Yeah. And I guess this is pre-Instagram initially as well, isn't it? So yeah. rather than like sliding into your dms which is what we all do now email it's archaic but then of course as well of course people would look after like a group of artists so they'd, they'd send you like four or five at a time and you could be like yeah bring them all down or it was fun because because also the online pr people everybody was like in their early 20s and we were just you know messing around with stereophonics and Casey looked like it was silly <laughs> Are there any barriers um, that you've come up against being a woman in music? Hmm. Like, for example, have you ever experienced gender bias at all? Like being a woman who's an entrepreneur in a very competitive business? I'd say in this sort of entrepreneur space, you get, I mean, yes, but I don't know how much of that was also being a young entrepreneur. 
like speaking to older investors and things like that, you're always going to be, well, you shouldn't always be, but you are talked down to and, and you know, um, given advice in a very kind of patronising manner. And I don't know if that's because I'm a woman or because I am um, just was young. Um, I guess the other thing is in the investing space, it's quite well known that music businesses don't normally do well like particularly if you're trying to build a big music business so if you were going to get vc back funding um you know like millions of pounds um you'd probably be building like a tech platform and it's well known in the entrepreneur space that music platforms tend to fail so a lot of times I've talked to investors or told them about my ideas and they're like, no, we don't invest in music and, and things like that. So I've definitely experienced like patronising behaviour and being looked down on. Um, in terms of it being because I'm a woman, you know, 2% of venture money goes to female entrepreneurs. So, you know, that would probably be one of the reasons I have been talked down to or dismissed. Um, but when it comes to the music industry, I know how... Um, how bad the disparity is for both artists and people that work in the music industry but because I've not had a lot of proper jobs in the music industry I haven't really experienced that from a corporate structure I've seen it I've seen it with artists like endlessly um just not getting the opportunities that that their male counterparts get sexism comments like all of that is everywhere um but from a, a personal perspective luckily i haven't experienced too much of it and is that one of the reasons why you founded girls to the front because there are only 20% of women signed to labels tell us a bit about how that came about and the vision of the platform so girls to the front is a group during the first lockdown that was you know 12 weeks or whatever it was so every week we met twice uh once was um a kind of creative session i was really interested in implementing what i used to do at art school which was like a crit where you bring your work and show a piece of work and everyone responds to it and you kind of you know battle out whether you like it or not it's a really good tool for growth so they'd all bring their work and we'd develop that way and then on the thursdays so tuesdays and thursdays Thursday would be someone from the industry would come and talk to them. And because everyone was sitting at home, you know, we got people from Patreon. Um, who else? We got like people big in management and things like that. So really great people to come and talk to them. I'm not sure that it's going to stop with music because I think the messaging is much broader than that. I think culturally music is a brilliant connector because everybody experiences music and everybody feels music and everyone has opinions of music. But the conversation around gender disparity and women not getting the opportunity, young women not getting the opportunities they deserve goes a lot further. Um, so I'm exploring those areas as well, whether it broadens out into the more of the creative industries, filmmakers, photographers. Um, but it's, I guess it's centered around coaching. Like I do a bit of artist coaching as well um be because a lot of a lot of the problems i see in the industry for women are around contacts so network mindset and education so putting those three things together i think helps level the playing field a little bit a lot of men in the industry don't need to do that work on mindset because they haven't been pushed out in the same way that that women have so yeah just trying to to at the moment work out what it is they need really and those are the things that I'm finding are most prevalent amongst the artists that, that I'm working with right now.
I think that's really true about mindset. Like I've done a lot of work on on mindset over the last couple of years and and I don't know what I don't know whether it's like a female thing, but having imposter syndrome and wondering whether that is something that's more prevalent in females than it is in males. The thing is, is that the stats are so strong in music. Vic Bain's research last year counting the music industry really brought it all to front. And that 20 percent is like, what? And because music's something that we also universally enjoy, it's like everybody's problem. What I want to do with Girls to the Front is maybe get a little bit deeper with the sort of individual artists. So, so you know, if you can help one artist to feel more comfortable and become more successful and get signed, um, solving the problem one artist at a time. Comparison and imposter syndrome is just so huge with the artist community, more so than I ever thought. And the issue that we're having right now is the only way that they can really build their fan base is online. And you used to work in influencer marketing. You know how people that do well online operate. And I, and I don't think that crosses over into the artist community so much, particularly of women. Like they have the potential to build these huge fan bases, but they just don't want to because of how posting online makes them feel. Um, so there's, a, yeah, there's work that needs to be done. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems it's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So tell us about a typical day-to-day at the moment. We're all about talking about the different types of opportunities available in the music industry. So you being a female entrepreneur, Mm -hmm. businesswoman in music, Girls to the Front is the main project at the moment. Mm -hmm. What does a typical day-to-day look like? I live in Margate, so I wake up, at the moment I wake up at six, 
and I meditate. So I took up transcendental meditation this year. Um, so I do 20 minutes meditation. I've already had a shower by that point. Then I go downstairs, have a hot drink and do some social media stuff. So like plan a couple of posts. Then we go out for a long walk with the dog with my wife and my dog Hudson and then I come home and normally on a zoom in the morning with maybe some artists um, and then doing emails and things like that at the moment because we're building girls to the front it's a lot of kind of vision work I guess you know building pitch decks and things like that and then in the evening I'll normally be either on a call with the artists again or at the moment I'll probably be on clubhouse Yes, I wanted to talk about Clubhouse. <laughs> it's literally everywhere. Since this week, is there's just like a massive boom of everyone. Can I? Can you invite me to Clubhouse? Can you invite me to Clubhouse? <laughs> My um, invites have just been replenished. So I've got three fresh invites, which I'm excited about. Yeah, so, so I'll do that. And then, uh, so 8pm is when it's like in our house, it's like we're not allowed to work anymore. Um, so I'll go, we'll go upstairs. My wife's a yoga teacher, so we normally do a, a little bit of yoga. Sometimes I'll just roll around complaining. Uh, and then normally watch something and go to bed. I go to bed early. Okay, so Clubhouse. This is quite new. came to my attention in like December because we interviewed Jenny Marie um, for our newsletter who was talking about Clubhouse. How have you found it useful in terms of networking finding new clients like what are the key benefits for listeners who may have not have joined clubhouse like what are the main benefits of being on the platform so clubhouse is basically like a podcast that you can raise your virtual hand and speak on the stage so it's done in rooms so you might join a room that has you know, 10 entrepreneur, big entrepreneurs on the stage uh, and 500 people in the audience. And you can raise your hand and ask a question to those entrepreneurs, which then puts you in their vision. Um, and then they might say, and because everybody's kind of peacocking a little bit in front of all the other entrepreneurs, they might say, hey, man, DM me and I'll give you some more advice. So it's it's just a really good way to get in front of people that you wouldn't normally be able to get in front of. And because it's so uh, easy time wise, like a lot of these people are in the gym or driving or dropping their kids off at school whilst being on Clubhouse. Whereas if you think about having to have a meeting, you have like for me to have a meeting, I have to get on the train, like they have to say yes to the meeting, then I have to probably get on a bus and I have to get there and all these things have to fall into place. But this is just a really clever way of allowing people to network and because it's all voice. Um, like voice is, is the new medium. Like how often is everyone leaving voice notes now instead of texting? Oh, I love a voice note. Exactly. So it's it's very clever. It's very cleverly timed. They must have been building it before COVID, so they probably got lucky. Um, and everybody's on there. So the way that I'm using it is A, doing some music rooms you know to to kind of give back to the music community and a place for artists but i'm also using it upwards as well and it's because it's, it's very american heavy right now so the likelihood is that you'll mostly be listening to and talking to americans if you go to any of the big rooms okay. um, but i've got three rooms that i'm hosting already and they'll be small like probably only 10 15 people will come into the rooms um but i'm hosting one with um a, a female 
entrepreneur from Louisiana that I just met. Um, right. And we we bonded over. She's got a bar that's closed in Louisiana. She owns like one of the big bars. Um, so we're running a room called House Business. So people just come in and we're like, House Business? And they're like, oh, it's really shit because this and that. Or yeah, it's really good. I've done this. Um, and then I'm um, also doing one with a coach called Nikki that runs um, a coaching practice. And then I'm doing the one that I think you came to the other day that is just the Women in Music UK room. Yeah. Um, which I did last week with a few other people and we'll do again next week. Um, but for me now, it's more about learning and just kind of is really helping me shape girls to the front. So, yeah. You know, I've three times now put my virtual hand up and got on a stage because a lot, also a lot of people in the audience aren't ready to do that yet. I think people are being a bit scared. So I'd recommend just like doing it and putting your hand up. That leads quite nicely onto the question about other female entrepreneurs. So I often I'm often speaking to women in music who have recently created these amazing passion projects and collectives. Um, but have also been swept up in the wave of unemployment. What advice would you give these women on how they could make their project something they make an income out of? And also, what ways would you recommend they uh, could make money on the side whilst developing these passion projects? Mm-hmm. So firstly, get on Clubhouse. <laughs> um, so secondly, I think really focus on um, users and product before anything else. I think uh, what can happen at the moment, we can get very swept up with social media and trying to grow followers. And those followers mean nothing if you don't have something to sell and a cost. Like as soon as you try and raise money, as soon as you try and bring people into your project, if you want it to become a business, people are going to want to know what you're selling and how much you're going to make from it. Uh, And this is something that is coming from experience. So when I built Secret Sessions, I had a video production company on the side so that I didn't have to make money from it. But I knew that I kind of wanted it to be a business eventually, but I had no idea how it would make money. I was just like, yeah, people will just really like it, so I'll just find a way. And it's not really as simple as that, because when I did want to begin making money, I wanted to um, get get sponsorship. It was a sponsorship model, which became really hard um, because I hadn't built a very specific niche on social media like a niche audience it was a very broad audience uh, and sponsors want to know exactly who they're targeting um, and because I hadn't planned exactly what my product was going to be I wasn't able to kind of backtrack there so yeah my first bit of advice would be focus on what your product is and get you paying users is going to be the best thing you can do so last couple of questions who are the artists on your watch list for 2021 so check out isabel bain uh isabel is actually spelled y-s-a-b-e-l and then bain is b-a-i-n her song blade runner uh is a brilliant song um ebony buckle is a really cool artist who's actually developing her model on patreon which i think is really clever and really smart if you're an artist um erica manzoli i think is super cool uh savannah gardner is a country artist that is in the girls to the front group but i mean both of those last two haven't released the music that you need to hear yet so like this is another thing with working with really early talent like they show you music that you think great but you're not going to hear that for like another year or six months (laughs) 
what are the three things that you've learned in your career that you'd want listeners to take away? I think a really good quote that I like at the moment is feel the fear and do it anyway. Yes. And I think that's a really good one for women. I keep saying it to the artists in the group because there's so many like, oh, I want to do this, but I don't want to do this. And I don't. Um, And I think just sort of allowing fear to be uh, an emotion that you're feeling in the way that you feel happiness, sadness and anger and just do the thing. Um, I think that's one. Um, I think sharing your story is a really important one. I think people can be very scared to do that. And I think it's really important to to craft that story before you start talking about yourself or your project or your business. Um, I think it's really important to know what your values are and what your mission is. Uh, and if you know those two, you can generally engage anyone uh, in in talking about your business or your project if you're an artist. Yeah. Is that one of the reasons why you've started to share your full self on LinkedIn? Because yeah. LinkedIn is like the number one networking tool. So often we're sharing accomplishments from our professional careers rather than this is me. But actually, when you're hiring someone, it's actually very beneficial to know who that person is and who the full person is from personality to hobbies to what they, you know, what they actually want in their professional career. Yeah, LinkedIn was always a funny one for me because I always had it, but I never focused on it or grew it. When we went into lockdown, I realised, you know, the only way to network is going to be online. So you're going to need a strategy for each platform. And actually, in my career, I've always been quite good at growing platforms or helping artists to grow their channels. But I've not I've never really focused so much on on my own. Um, But actually, I think if you are someone that needs to network and have contact with other people in order for your business to be successful, you have to have that personal brand as well. Over Christmas, basically, I started to build my LinkedIn um, and that involved me kind of looking around at what worked and what didn't. And I think what what was happening is that my feed was very, I don't know how the algorithm, it was very professional, my feed. And actually it only takes kind of looking and digging around a bit to find a community of people that are sharing and actually talking about real things and sharing failures as well as successes. Um, and then when I started to find that community on LinkedIn... I was encouraged and felt brave enough to start sharing my own, which then meant that that kind of now filters more into the music network where mine is. And hopefully other people will start doing the same as well, because there's this real kind of air on LinkedIn that like, no, that's for Facebook. That's not for LinkedIn. We're sat here in our shirts and ties and you mustn't say anything like that. Um, But actually, (laughs) there's plenty of people on LinkedIn that do want to be talking about real things as well as as well as you know their awards that they've won and and things like that yeah 100 percent. what is the best advice that anyone's ever given you my mum said to me once when I was really sad after a breakup that you can't stop the waves but you can learn to surf and I love that one um because that's always been something that I've kind of carried through that I can't stop all these awful things that happen to me or to people around me but I can always deal with them in a certain way yeah change the way that I react to things um so I love that one I think just like kindness is a real value and I know I said that was mean at the beginning um (laughs) but like 
giving people your time, giving back, trying not to be. I think everybody's in such a rush uh, and particularly last year has taught us that actually slowing down and fo like really focusing on what you want and what you want to do and how you want to spend your time. Things will happen when they happen. Just speak it to people, know your North Star and get on with it. Yeah, I get that. Like having worked in agency environment for the last couple of years, it's just like, go, 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 go. Oh no, wait, stop. Oh, what happens now? So yeah, the power of reflection, I think is also underestimated and like 2020 has really taught us to, to do that because we haven't been going out and doing things and like filling our time with like being everywhere but home. I think really important one is knowing your North Star or your why or whatever people talk about it like why why are you doing what you're doing and if you're definitely aligned with that then you can do lots of other different things as long as they all focus on that. I always know like I'm 36 now I've been looking into this stuff for ages and working out what works and what doesn't and I'm quite comfortable now with knowing that my gut is is right and I think also that's a real woman power as well and I think another piece of advice for women is use those things that are like inherently related to being a woman to your advantage because I think that sometimes it gets mixed up with men and women because you know men and women are different like there's no doubt about the fact they're different and people don't always use that to the advantage it's more like trying to compete with each other um you know another amazing thing which is a massive conversation but is like using your cycle to your advantage which women are not taught but there's a lot of leaders in business that research this and do this so your monthly cycle has four seasons uh, and in those different four seasons you feel very differently so there's very powerful women out there that are only having meetings in their spring and summer because that's when you're like really outgoing but then they're doing the more reflective creative work in their autumn and winter and they know their cycle exactly and then they plan their business around that like that's a very lucky place to be in to, to be able <laughs> to be able to plan your meetings around when you're having your period um but those types of things are really around kind of nurturing women as women yeah as opposed to treat, treating men and women exactly the same which is what most big companies i think probably do if listeners want to reach you where can they find you uh i'm at harriet jw on instagram um and harriet jw on my linkedin and girls to the front is at girls ttf and secret sessions is at secret underscore sessions and if you want to come to a secret session show in the future to our birthday uh, you can go to secretsessions.co.uk and leave your email address and you'll be on the audience list yes i have done that recently good very good yeah thank you so much harriet <laughs> podcast is produced by the wonderful rosie bennett to keep updated on the latest episodes hit like and subscribe and we'll see you next time
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 